Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. All right, guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life, take two. No, we're just kidding. Guys, this is what real estate is all about. She is in the Dominican Republic. I'm in Texas, and we are making it happen. That's why I'm so jealous of her. We have Becky Nova. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Austin. How are you today? Doing great. So, like I said, we've texted a little bit. We Mm -hmm. messaged. I know you're in real estate. I don't know much about you, so... I'll let you kind of start your story and we'll go from there. Sure. Um, I always start with telling people that I'm a cancer researcher by day and a real estate investor by night. I actually never planned on ever being involved in real estate. I had, um, I worked in cancer research back in my early twenties. I got really tired of it. Kind of hated that nine to five said I need to get out of that. Quit one day, decided to move to Europe. I used to own a tour company in Spain. I then owned a, bar over in Portugal. I used to have a bus that took people from Spain to Portugal, Portugal to Spain. I Unfortunately, the business in Portugal, it was a horrible idea. I ended up losing about six figures in that and moved back to the States. In 2013, I was penniless. I moved back into basically my parents' basement at like 30 years old, not what everybody aspires to. Um, I then actually, I went back to cancer research just to be able to make some money and afford an apartment, you know what New York City living could be like. So I did that for a few months until I got back on my feet, quit again, started my own medical consulting company until about 2017 when I met my then boyfriend, now husband, who said he really wanted to be able to buy a house. And that started my venture into the world of real estate investing. I love it. Now, what I want to unpack first. I gave you a lot so, there. <laughs> so what I know, but but ultimately, and I don't know why I have this correlation. Thirty-year-old moving back in with the parents in New York, New Jersey sounds about right to me. I don't know why. I, it feels it like that happens more often. It does for like millennials, but I'm like that, like early on millennial, like zennial. So it like hurts my being, but otherwise, it's like totally normal, like these days. But I feel like I like I'm the generation that's like too old for that crap. Like I, I, it should not have happened for me. But yes, it is so, a very stereotypical. So what's interesting, right, <laughs> is is a lot of people do it like they're working, working to try to go do the Europe thing, and you did it first, which I, I, I champion, yeah. I aspire. Like, regardless of how much money you lost, like, would you ever change that experience? No. Never. Oh, people, whenever I tell people my story, they're like, oh my God, you must've been like so upset. You must've been like crushed. And I was like, no, I lived in Europe for years. I ran a, I taught Europeans and Australians how to play beer pong. I mean, who could change that experience? No. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I love it. And so when you went back and you got a job, one of the scary things in the beginning is you're working for a company, which is a safe Mm -hmm. job. And then you yeah. said, you know, I'm going to go start my own thing. You know, what was the genesis besides starting your own uh, company? So actually, so when I came back to the United States, 
I actually called back the same hospital that I worked for. And I said to my old boss, I was like, hey, remember when you wanted to give me that promotion five years ago? Well, I'll take it. And they actually rehired me. (laughs) I I cannot believe it. They actually were that crazy to rehire me. So I went back and honestly, at first I felt like I was kind of torn from this like hippie kind of freestyle, a little bit lifestyle Mm. to like corporate America where I kind of went back and I'm like, no, that's it. Like I'm going to wear suits every day and I'm going to put makeup on and I'm going to like brush my hair. Like I'm going to do all those like professional things. And I went back and that probably lasted a month. And then I was like, no, that's not me. I want to wake up in the morning and roll out of bed the way that I look. And I want to do what I feel like doing with that day. I don't want to, there's, I don't know if you, if like, if you've worked in corporate America, especially women would be familiar with this concept. We have something, I don't know if you're familiar with this, Austin. We have something called a chair sweater. A chair sweater is the sweater that sits on your chair. So that way, when you go to all those freezing cold meetings that they have you sit in all day to talk about complete bullshit, you now have a sweater that never matches what your outfit is, but you always have that sweater, like your safety net to take with you to those meetings. And I was like, I am never going ever to have a chair sweater again. That's it. I got to get the hell out of here. So I quit the same hospital twice. So there's a, (laughs) there's a symbol, right? There's a symbol that you created that was almost the driving force away from like the aspects (laughs) of the mundane, right? Like I know we've talked enough to know that like one of the things that you crave is change. Like you like Mm -hmm. to travel and everything. And so I've never understood, now granted, I've done it, I work for corporate restaurants, but I've never understood the concept of doing the same thing every day. No, I can't get it. And not only like, cool, like your work function could maybe be a little bit different, but that's not really how corporate America is. It's the same crap, but it's the same commute. It's the same, I go in, I put my bag down at my desk, I go make my cup of tea. It's always a mint thing of tea. I get the same milk from the same shelf in the same cooler. I walk back. I say hi to the same guy that always gets in early, right? The that There's always that one guy in everybody's office. You know, you got to say hi to that one guy on the way back to your desk. And then you sit down and you're like, well, here we go for another fucking eight hours, you know? So why do, so, people, well, so why do people stay there then? Safety. America, like human nature, like people want safety. They want routine. They don't necessarily, like humans as a whole, we don't like things to be different. We don't like to not know where things are going to be. And we really look for safety and security. And honestly, that nine to five job, it's almost the culture has now been so ingrained into us that that's what safety is. For some reason, we used to think what we could figure out on our own, how we could hunt, how we can find our food, how we could, the people that we were going to surround ourselves with. We used to think that of as, as our protection. We used to trust our own instincts. Now our culture is you need a W-2, you need a 401k, you need a place to be able to go to every Monday at 9 a.m. or your life isn't worth the same as somebody else's. Well, I don't even know if you want to get this deep, but you know, maybe <laughs> maybe we'll talk about real estate. But it's interesting because what I'm maybe. studying and my girlfriend's teaching me, we have no longer trust. We don't even trust our own bodies. We don't. Like, like we don't even like this thing that we're walking around with. That's the most important thing. And, and we're full of 70% water. We don't even care what water goes in our body. We don't pay mm-hmm. attention. We just assume. And, you know, I was reading a book this morning, like the, the fever is a way for your body to heal itself. And yet we want to fight yes. against it. Yeah. Yes. And the second you get a fever, 
exactly. Fevers are that way. Um, I actually, I happen to be a migraine sufferer. And when I get a migraine, like so they're, they tend to be, yeah. okay, they can be incredibly debilitating, right? Like I'm sure you feel very similar to my husband. Like you can't help. There's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. Honestly, mm -hmm. migraines is your body saying like, shut the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Calm the hell down. Go relax. You've over. You're either overworked, overstimulated, whatever it is. But that's our brain's way of protecting our body and saying like, no, no, no. Like you need to like stop doing shit. Not just put a pill into your body and then be fine and then go back out and continue to do what you were doing, right? And that's the same thing with a fever. We're forcing our bodies to kind of move past these things instead of letting like our bodies naturally heal. In some situations, fine. We probably need a little assistance with some things. But in general, yeah, our bodies are the most self-sufficient creature that has ever been. Well, and, and ultimately what we found with hers after doing a lot of studying is that we've been combating it with fasting. Okay. Um, so yes, I see your post. I follow so, you on Facebook. So, you know that. So, so, <laughs> so she was doing 20 and 24 hours. And since she started doing that, they've gone away. That's interesting because I've actually started playing around with that. Yeah. So it's almost like healing yourself. Yeah. I'm going to, okay. Maybe I'm going to have a little more reason to kind of continue out and, and test that. So we've read it. So we read it. So this is this movie on Amazon prime called fasting. It's a very fascinating. They really they have, simple name. I was going to write yeah, it down and I'm like, yeah, Oh, I think they I have, that. they have healed type two diabetes with prolonged fasting. Interesting. And so it's a which very, also kind of, which makes sense with, with what diabetes is and how it's regulating your blood sugar. The, absence, the absence of something in your gut is the first mm -hmm. time your gut actually gets to be its gut. And so it just yeah. heals itself. Yeah. No, I'm like, exactly. Our brains, our bodies are incredibly self-sufficient and we usually just don't give them the opportunity to do so. And ultimately we don't give ourselves the opportunity to do that in investing or anything to choose the avenues that we want to do, which everybody looks at real estate investing as, as a risk. When I say, is it a risk or is it calculated because I, it's sheet rocks and, and walls. And so what I'd be interested to see and kind of transition this thing is how you want about buying your first property and, and deciding to get into investing. Sure. Um, I hate telling that story because don't it tell has it. to, no, I will. I will. I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice just for you and your listeners, just so you know that Austin, I'm willing to tell the story. Um, and everyone out here, when I say this is probably going to relate, especially the women, but I don't like telling this story because I have to admit that my husband was right. That's why I don't like doing it. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> terrible. So it was actually my husband. Um, he was then my boyfriend and he, um, once again, you mentioned I'm in the Dominican Republic right now. My husband is from the Dominican Republic. He's a dual citizen. He really moved to the United States, very American dream oriented, very um, white picket fence, you know, wanted the house, all that type of thing. And he was the one that kind of said to me like, okay, like if you want to kind of like get serious here, like we got to start thinking like buying a house. And I was kind of like, oh, one place. I have to live in the same place. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I never even like lived in an apartment for like a full year. I never finished leases out. Like I didn't want to buy a house. So after kind of thinking about it, I was like, okay, we can buy a house, but we got to figure out a way, but like, we're going to figure out a way to make money by buying a house. We're not going to be living paycheck to paycheck. We're not going to be like working just to pay our mortgage. Like there's going to be some way that we can make money buying property. So I then tell everybody that I had this fantastic, unique idea that nobody else has ever, ever had, which was Austin, like, wait for it, because I'm sure you're going to like, I hope you're sitting down because you're going to be like falling down when I tell you my idea. But my idea was to buy a multifamily 
and live in one unit and rent down the others. No, holy <laughs> shit. Dude, hey, I, no, the question, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So let me back it out. You mm-hmm. you paid you paid sixty thousand dollars and you went to like three conventions and this is you you found the the gold. Nope, nope. I did all my own. No, I had never. I I still didn't know about this world of real estate investing. I did not plan on going down this road at all, and I I I figured it out all on my own. I never heard the term house hacking until after we bought that first property. I never knew that there were these Facebook groups where people talk about real estate investing. I had no idea that any of that existed. I thought I was so cool and had such an original idea that nobody else had ever thought of. <laughs> and so you bought the first one, you lived in one, and yep. were you living were you living rent free in the Yes, we were. Yes, which I mean for a New Yorker to to live rent free. And so I mean, that was huge. kind of like that was kind of like a holy crap moment, right? Oh, that was like the day we closed. And like, then like the, like, sorry, the week after we closed, when we had like a tenant move in and was like, here you go, here's your money. I was like, oh, we got to do this again. I actually, I called my realtor and my broker, my mortgage broker that day. And I was like, Hey, how can I do this again? And they were like, haha, like, you can't do that again right now. And I'm like, oh yes, I can. And they were like, Becky, like, no, there's no way you are not buying another house. Like this is not happening. Like give it up. It's not going to work out. Um, and they were both wrong <laughs> because we then ended up buying a quadplex exactly one year to the day. Same exact day. Closing day, May 22nd, 2018. Next closing date, May 22nd, 2019. Okay. What are the chances of that? How did you, how did you find it? Okay. Here's how. So that realtor that I said that I called the day after closing and was like, hey, want to buy another one? Well, he heard what I said, that I wanted to buy another property. So we kind of stayed in touch. He clearly was at the appraisal for the first duplex that we bought. Now, Mm -hmm. he's in the neighborhood. He's standing outside waiting for the appraiser to show up for the duplex. This little old lady in the neighborhood comes over, taps him on the shoulder, and is like, excuse me, I don't know who you are. What are you doing in my neighborhood? Right? She's the little old lady that knows everybody in that neighborhood. She lived there for over 30 years. So my realtor said, oh, there's a couple buying this property. I'm here doing the appraisal. I'm a realtor. She goes, ah, let's exchange phone numbers. Maybe I'll want to sell my place in the future. So my realtor stayed in touch with little old lady and also knew I was looking for another property. So as soon as little old lady said she wanted to sell her property, he goes, I bet I know somebody that'll buy it. We don't even have to put it on the market. Called me because he knew I was looking. And I was able to buy the house directly across the street from us. Very complicated. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, I bought my third house this way. It took me nine months. I yeah. got wind. My neighborhood was hot as potatoes. And I got wind from my neighbor that the, he was thinking about selling. Yeah. And uh, I called him and he said, I'm dealing with family stuff. And he calls me out of the blue. And he's like, you were so nice to me. I wanted to make sure I called you first. And so we're yeah. outside talking about the property. And my neighbor yeah. who owns like five houses in the neighborhood was walking outside. And I shuffled the man around the back of the house. <laughs> I was, like I was, yeah. like, I was like, I was like, we need to go over here. I need to check something out over here. Because if he saw us, it yeah. would have been all ruined. Yeah. Well, that was this, this elderly couple. They didn't, they had a lot of people that were knocking on their doors. Same thing. Our neighborhood is really hot. You had 
you know, people driving up and down the street in this neighborhood, knocking on doors, and they just really didn't want to sell to them. Um, They didn't have the best reputation. They just, they didn't really feel kind of certain about them. And what was actually funny when they ended up selling, when people in the neighborhood now, small neighborhood, found out that the old couple was selling to us. Now we're known in the neighborhood as like the people that buy houses. So now we've had other neighbors come up and be like, Hey, like I might, I might want to sell my house in a couple of years. Like, should we like talk about that? So we have like two or three other prospects that like when things are ready, I know that they're kind of in, they're in line somewhere in our plans. So you have just the six units now or more? No. Um, then we picked up, a place in what do we do next after that? Then we did the Dominican Republic. It was really important to my. How are you financing all these properties? Money. You're such a <laughs> you're, you're such a fucking New Yorker. I swear to God, you smart ass. I knew that we'd get along. So <laughs> I know <did> too. <laughs> no, but that's everybody's fucking question. Yeah, is yeah, I, how, and how I'll to... go. I will go into it more than that, but that's the answer, right? Money. Um, so it's just, but your question should be, where should I get the money? So, no, I, this is all from your, <laughs> is this all from your job? This is, so, like, you're going to let you in on a secret. We rarely talk about real estate on my podcast. So this is, this no, is very in depth for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what we actually did, so all the, all the properties that we have, we've actually used mortgages for and traditional okay. mortgages. Okay. Right. So we have, that is what we've been able to do. Sometimes we've used the owner occupied. Um, my husband is a dual citizen. So he was able to get the mortgage for the property down in the Dominican Republic. Clearly the Dominican Republic, listen, it's our cheapest property in our it's portfolio. Like, it's like, it's like free money down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't tell so me. It's, <laughs> so it's not, it's clearly our like cheapest of like the properties down here, but also believe it or not, Dominican Republic sometimes takes a little bit longer to do things right. than you know, maybe America necessarily does. So we were in the process of buying the quadplex at the same time that we were looking to buy down in the Dominican Republic. We wanted to keep cash on hand. We could have bought the property in the Dominican Republic in cash, but we didn't want to. We want our goal and the way that we finance our properties is to always stay as liquid as possible. We right. want as much money in our pocket at all times. So that way, when an opportunity comes up, when we found that little old lady across the street, I was looking long distance. I was looking in Texas. I was looking in Indiana. I was looking in Philly. I was looking in other places to buy something that was a cheaper market. Then all of a sudden this property came up that was probably two to three times as expensive right across the street, amazing cash flow, caught quadplex with a parking lot. As New Yorkers, parking is a thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's incredibly different. That to us was clearly the route, the route to go, but it was much more expensive to be able to do. We were able to do it because we were sit- we stayed liquid as possible. We weren't making we weren't putting more money out there that we didn't have to. Mm-hmm. So that was how we ended up buying. So we've always used traditional mortgages. We did that then on the property in DR and then I told my husband we would not buy a property in 2020. I told him we would not buy a property in 2020. And we that was our plan. 2021 we were going to buy a place, but not 2020. But pandemic hit, as everybody knows, we're in New York. People are kind of not really wanting to be in the city. So I said, you know what? Let me see what other options there are. So I said, okay, let me see if I can find something. Not where I live, right outside New York City, because that's way too expensive and people aren't coming from city to city. They want want green space. So I was like, so let's look 
within an hour of our property so we can still self-manage. Let's have it be where there's already tenants in place. So I don't have that we know we're paying, that we know we're qualified, that we know we're considered essential workers. So we shouldn't have any issues with them paying through COVID. And three, I want it to be a property that's completely turnkey. Not something that needs a lot of work, not something that I'm going to have to deal with contractors or driving that hour away to show tenants or let contractors in. And we found the perfect property that met all three of those conditions. So we bought another duplex in 2020. So now we're up to 10. So 10 units all on your own, uh, self-managing and running a business. Yes. And where do you find the time? Um, I don't really sleep a lot. No, because, seriously. I mean, because because ultimately you have a vision for yeah. your life, and you're and you're you're in a crisis to get there. Well, I one I have no problem doing work, but I also believe in putting in systems. Right, you have to have organization. You have to know like kind of your system in place. I know that if I buy a bunch of properties now, I can't just go and retire and be in the Dominican Republic like I am now. I can't do that today. This is a test. My husband and I are living down in the Dominican Republic for the next five weeks, testing out how is self-managing our properties in New York from here, because we put systems in place over the past two years. So we're going to try it out for the couple of weeks. And then the idea is really to be able to extend the time down here where, where, where I never have to see snow again. Mm-hmm. I would love to do like six months, six months, that type of thing. But really, all I want is to be able to have that choice. If I want to be in New York today, I'll be in New York. If I want to be in the Dominican Republic, I'll be in the Dominican Republic. It's all about that choice. So I understand that I have to maybe sacrifice and be tired right now. And we have to work long hours. And sometimes date night is talking about whose toilet needs to be fixed. I understand that those sacrifices kind of have to be done because I see where my greater good is. And I see that I will be retired from my corporate job. I can actually retire today if I wanted to. but for other reasons, like I'm probably going to keep it for the next three years maximum. Don't tell my boss, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not going to quit there twice, but I'm definitely going to quit there months. Um, <laughs> but I am okay saying these are things that I need to do right now because I see my greater good. And I think ultimately you have to ask yourself on what level are you willing to sacrifice to get to where you want to go? And, and something that I live by is exactly what you're talking about is that we have to stress test like my mentor's favorite fucking thing is like leave your business for 24 hours and turn off your phone. Yeah. Tell, tell me if it survived and then I'll tell you if you have a business or a job. Exactly. Yeah. You have to stress test the systems. Okay. That didn't work. That did work. Let me figure it out. Mm-hmm. Like people, people really get freaked out when I tell them like, I well, ho- hold on. You're going to manage five houses in Montana on a lake. You live, in, you live in Texas. They're like, I don't like they're in the car with me. And they're like, they're like, come on, what's up? Like, you're right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, but I've done it so much at such a scale that it's like, Oh yeah, whatever. We're going to do it. Because when, and same thing, you have systems in place, you have an organizational process that like is the way that you're able to make, to make things work. Right. Mm-hmm. And you spend time and I've heard your story. That's, you know, how we met on, um, on the other podcast. Like I've heard your story. Like there was times that like you were working like crazy. Right. And you had to go through that time to get to where, like, to be able to move forward and kind of get to what's next. And I think ultimately where I am in my life is at different aspects, but here's the great thing, guys, this is what you don't understand. There's people in my life who are in the younger phases of their life 
who want to do the work and want to get crazy. And I'm very content Mm -hmm. to give up more of the dollar to get my freedom. Like what what people don't understand is like, so it just so happens that yesterday, I don't even tell, I'm so stressed out right now. I can't even tell you. We, we, we have a deal we're supposed to close today or something. And there's these dudes flying in to get it. And we're trying to lock. It's a whole thing. But basically the guy says, come, you got to deal with it. So I had nine coaching calls yesterday. And so yeah. I did six and then I jumped in the car, drove for an hour and 45 minutes. My girlfriend drove me. I took the coaching calls while I'm driving. Yep. Yeah. Saw the property. Okay, boom, 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 boom. Got back in the car, took coaching calls on the way back, and then took three coaching calls at home. And everybody's like, you're fucking crazy. Well, here's the rub, guys. Guess who has no coaching calls for the next six days? Me. You you sometimes you have, can stack your, your schedule and then you can yeah. give yourself freedom on the back end. No, Tuesdays are my podcast days. Yep. I have like this is same thing. Like I kind of stack a bunch of things. I do my coaching calls, like all on that same kind of day. So like Tuesday nights, that's what I do my Tuesday nights. There's no, there's no, let's, let's go for a drink. There's no, let's go out to dinner. There's no, you know, let's, let's just call and kind of have a chat and and check in Tuesday Mm -hmm. nights. I work, I work, you know, very long days on Tuesday, but then you know what, then tomorrow when I'm at the beach at noon. Okay. Well, where do you get your, where do you get your go get it? I'm just going to do whatever's necessary mindset. Honestly, I was kind of born this way. Mm-hmm. I've always like. When's your birthday? February 9th coming up. Okay. I'm also a middle child. Okay. With two brothers. Done. So okay. we got some. We what, got did your, what did your parents do? Um, my mom used to run, run a daycare at our house. And my father does not work. Okay. So, so that's a kids whole around all the time. Shit. Yeah, that's a whole nother show. Uh, but yeah, talk about, you know, not only my middle child, but now there's 30 other kids vying for my parents, for my mother's attention. You know what I mean? It was hard enough being a middle child. So mm-hmm. I also, the one person that was prevalent in my, of my childhood, my grandmother, my dad's mother, she, she, we actually, we grew up in my grandmother's house and my grandmother and her mother were very big go-getters. They were from Venezuela. Mm-hmm. They really kind of came to the United States. One of the coolest stories was my great-grandmother used to, when she moved to America, she would buy all these products in New York City. And once a year, she would take a boat down to Venezuela, sell it all. And that would be like, that would be her income for the year. Then she'd buy all these Venezuelan products, come back to America, sell everything here. And then she didn't have to work for the next 11 and a half months. Okay. (laughs) Okay. See Okay, we're we're gonna do something for the audience right now, and I did this with one of the kids, uh, the young kids I mentor, and this is a real life situation. Not saying okay. it works for everybody, but when you put this shit on paper, it mm-hmm. makes so much sense. So he's talking to me about like I want to get into real estate. I'm getting my license. I want to do this. I want to do that. I've got this job, right? And yeah. he's like, I'm like, okay, well let's let's map it out. And I was like, so after like taxes and everything, he makes like 24k. And so I was like, okay, so here's the deal. I was like, if you went and you wholesaled one property (laughs) on January 2nd for 24K, which is totally doable, I said, Mm -hmm. you would get back your entire year. And he was like, son of a bitch. And I'm like, yes, it's a real thing. Yes. And and people need to start to be able to see that. One of them, 
I don't, I don't know if, if we had been connected at that time, but there was one of the posts I, I kind of wrote um, within my, my women's group. And then I kind of shared in some other places with some people that I know in real estate. But one of the things that I actually shared was about like my husband's journey. As I mentioned, he unfortunately was laid off um, from due to COVID. He had lost his job working in the, in the restaurant industry. And, you know, he then was trying to find another job. Same thing happened that area. Then they closed down all their places due to COVID. So he was really kind of stuck and, you know, little, definitely kind of down on his luck and all that type of thing. And it was so cool when I kind of got to sit down and say to him, like, Hey babe, like, listen, like, I understand like you want to work and I want you out of the house too, but look at what we've built in a rental portfolio. You don't need to go mm-hmm. do that. Like, and you don't have to just take whatever job just kind of pops up. You can actually do the thing that you want to do mm-hmm. because we've built a portfolio in the way that that is your income. This is, And that this- was like, light bulbs, sparkles, like, this you know, the, shooting the, stars going this over. This is the, the argument, right? We were just having this conversation a day on Clubhouse with a bunch of real estate investors. When you really map out what financial freedom looks like, if you live below your means or you have some assets that are performing, mm-hmm. you can get there in like six months and everybody acts yeah. like it's this whole like ridiculous thing. And then you then get to a place where you can make a decision that's actually yours. Exactly. I, I mean, we really got to financial freedom in two and a half years Mm -hmm. in 2017, when we decided to, when we decided to kind of go this journey and like actually buy that house, I was completely in debt. I was running my own business that every dollar that I made, I went back into the business. I had a ton of credit card debt. My credit even sucked at that point in time. Like we didn't, I mean, literally we're talking two and a half years later and my lifestyle is completely different. My wealth, my everything in my world is a completely different place. And that's all Mm -hmm. tough. Just and, over and two I, years. No, it's amazing. And I want to talk about, because I know this is a, your true passion. Tell me about this uh, women's group uh, that you that you, that you you have yeah. and that you coach. I know this is like your, your passion. Yeah, that's really, be- honestly, that's become my passion project out of, well, now I have this real estate investment business. Like what, what can I kind of do to, to kind of like participate and help other people to get there? So it was almost a year ago now. Um, it'll be a year in February. I started a Facebook group called Lady Landlords. Um, I really just wanted it was right at the beginning of like, you know, quarantine, all that. Everybody's trapped at home. My husband's tired of me talking about real estate. Um, so I was like, fine, like I'm just gonna go make some friends on the internet. So I started the women's group and it just completely took off. We have almost ten thousand women in the group in less than a year. Um, and I get talk about how you just mentioned, by the way, for all the listeners here. Remember when Austin was just saying about how like if you turn off your phone. And you come back 24 hours later, you'll, that'll tell you if you have a business or like a job. I was freaking out because I had, I was having hundreds of people request to join like on a daily basis. And I was like, oh my God, like I, if I turn my phone off, like that just wasn't going to happen. Um, but I put a system into place now that I can actually do that. But it really, it grew out of really just me saying, are there other people out there like me that have questions and don't know what to do with this tenant and trying to figure out how to buy the next property? And my answer was clearly the universe told me the answer is yes. There clearly are thousands of other people, especially women. So now out of that, I create resources based on their needs. So now I've put together a beginner's course. I've put together a like scale your portfolio course. I put together workshops. Um, I put together strategy sessions. I do coaching. I do all of that really out of, I asked the group like, hey, what, what kind of help do you need? And they're like, hey, I need this. And I'm like, okay, cool. Here you go. Here's your resource. Let's build it. Let's create it. Let's do it. Let's take some action. You're my spirit animal. So, <laughs> so I have a kid that I'm coaching who's amazing and he's 
out of rehab and he's getting his real estate license. He's just, he's a great kid. He's also, yeah. I'm also training him to be a coach. He's got nice. a couple clients and he kept coming with like, they're all doing the same thing. And I was like, okay, there's your course. Yeah. And he was like, I don't understand. And he goes, there's your course. They all have yeah. the same issue. Mm-hmm. Then you see it over and over again. And then you create that and fix that problem. And then boom, that's it. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, we make it, <laughs> we make it so damn complicated. It's really not that hard. Oh, at one point, like, so same thing. Like, okay, fine. We're in our businesses. And sometimes as entrepreneurs, we kind of get like a little stuck in our head. And I had tried doing something like a couple months ago. And I was like, okay, like just really wasn't like working out. And I felt like I had talked to somebody that kind of led me down a little bit of a wrong path. And I totally went with it and bought into it. My fault completely on me. And then I was just like, man, if only there was a way that I knew what my group would want. So I did a survey and I surveyed about 500 of the women in my group. And then I was like, I was like, do you want this or do you want this? Do you want A? Do you want B? Do you want, you know, blue? Do you want purple? And then it was like, okay, then. So now you get A and you get purple. Perfect. Well, my question, <laughs> my, my question to you is the, the, the ease and the simpleness of, okay, I'm trying to vision out this ridiculous plan and yet, look, I'm going to call myself out. I'm going to uh-huh. call myself out. You have never heard this story. <laughs> this is not allowed to get around. But I'm, li- I'm a little bit of a visionary. And so sometimes small details are not my forte. Okay, let's just okay. put it that way. So I've got an Airbnb in San mm-hmm. Antonio. This was when I was first getting started. The Wi-Fi password on the piece of paper in all the houses was wrong for nine months <laughs> nine months nine months and all i and i had to like do an extra step to like make sure i sent them the extra the, the new one and all i had to do was go in print out the new one and replace wait it gets worse it gets worse and then the lock they it was a lock on the bottom so they would lock uh-huh. and on when they walked out instead of use the keypad and i had to climb yeah. through i had to climb yeah. through the 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 window like seven times i still didn't fix it 25 dollars and so this is before my personal development uh-huh. <laughs> so uh-huh. so i thought to myself i was like these fucking guests i was like these are fucking assholes <laughs> and then i had an epiphany i go wait people from all different parts of the country <laughs> with different age groups are having the same problem. Who's the fucking problem? Exactly. Exactly. Where does the problem fit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so but that's what I, that's what least least I've always adopted now. Okay. If the same thing's happening, whose problem is it? Exactly. No, I completely agree. I, same kind of thing. I was just doing, I did a strategy session um, with my group last night with a couple people that, that kind of joined in and I sent like a questionnaire out and I was like, okay, during your strategy session, like what questions do you want answered? Do you know that every mofo in that wrote the exact same question? <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. So instead of talking to 10 separate people, I can just I could have just done that once. I could just done that once. So what do you think I'm gonna do now? What yeah. do you think I'm doing now, Austin? You're gonna you're gonna slow down and you're gonna ask just a couple and then you're gonna move, right? And no, I'm gonna first record the answer to that one yes. question and sell and then, that. Okay, so <laughs> boom, there you go. Okay. Dude, I'm telling you right now, what I've been doing the last three weeks, because like as my marketing website builder would say, like, you're a doer, and then oh, yeah. we have to back you out and build it out. He's like, he, okay, perfect example. Uh, when I started with Airbnb, I joined a mastermind, and I had yeah. three. So not only was I 
working two jobs. One was a travel sales job. I was, I was working 90 hours a week, cleaning all three Airbnbs myself at like four in the morning, three in the morning, 10 at night. Oh yeah. All this stuff. I'm saving point. myself all this money. Right. And I mm-hmm. had a talk with my mentor and he, we did the math and I was making $2 an hour. And I, I have been in that same boat where I was like, how much am I going to pay to do, to do this crap? And I'm like, I bet I can find somebody that'll do it for $3 an hour. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I was like, and, and, I was, and I was responding to the guest. Right. And so I got in this mastermind. These guys had 18, 130 and 40 wow. Airbnbs. And they were like, hold on. They're like, <laughs> they're like hold on. <laughs> they're like, hold on. You're responding to your guests. They're like, no, 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 no. And then they're like, wait, you give them keys. No, 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 no. And like, so listen, yeah. implement, implement. And I go, well, fuck. I mean, I could run 30 Airbnbs now. And just a little conversation. They were like, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, it's amazing when you get around the right people, how it snaps just like that. Exactly. And how you kind of, sometimes you're right. I'm the same way. I tend to be a doer that like, we just kind of keep going, but we need to kind of sometimes like sit and think and be like, is there a reason that every time someone comes to my Airbnb, they always complain that the internet code doesn't work? Huh? I wonder why that is. <laughs> But you and I are problem solvers, right? So we automatically just respond back like, oh, well, here you go. Here is what the code is. And we fix their problem. But we didn't sit there and go, oh. We didn't fix the actual problem. We fixed the problem. I feel like I've heard that's before. We fixed the problem that was in front of our face, which is a symptom of us being doers. Exactly. Instead of the bigger issue. It's a blessing and a curse. Yes. And everybody has, you know, their pros and cons. My ex-business partner was, he's been the number one, one of the number top three salesmen uh, at, at Groupon for 10 years. Oh, cool. Amazing sales, amazing salesman, amazing yeah. investor. He, he has 35 units. He's never seen them, touched them. Yeah. He doesn't care. Yeah. Uh, but he told me something. He says, when a, when a customer texts or emails too much, he doesn't respond to them for 24 hours. <laughs> and what he's doing is he's letting them know how the conversation is going to go. And so we used to do that yeah. with our Airbnb huh. guests. We used to play around with messaging and yeah. to see which one worked best. And it's amazing the tone or like how you, how many times you message and, and what it tells somebody. And I don't think enough people pay attention to those little bitty small intricacies. No. And a lot of people too, like when we, th- when I think customer service, what I think is rapid response. Mm-hmm. Is that right or wrong? No, not necessarily, but that's what I happen to think. And I do feel as a person that like, you know, I stayed at Airbnbs and stuff like that. I feel like that's almost like our perception is that, well, this is my place. You need to respond to me ASAP. But meanwhile, like I can sometimes like use my resources and like read that guidebook or, dude, dude, you know what I mean? Like, dude, I got so I good at it. Different ways. I got so, I'm so good at it with the guests. Dude, this is what we do for fun. This is what <laughs> we do for fun. I'll get a message from my buddy that runs it or this, my business partner and he'll go, what do you think? And I go, the guest is going to say this. And yeah. they're like, no, they're not. And the guest says the exact thing I say. And, and they're like, how do you know this? And I'm like, because I've seen north of a million messages. Yeah, <laughs> and you start, it's a, it's a human behavior thing. People respond to things in a certain way. And then once again, now you have to say, okay, well, I keep getting this response. What can I do to like cancel out that response? One less thing to respond to, one less group set of messages that I should and ultimately, be getting. Ultimately, on a mindset level and a higher level view, we're you're saying that that person is, has the available capacity of knowledge, options, and experience that you do, 
which is total BS. Yes. I hate when people do that. I hate when people just like assume anything, right? Nobody likes that. Um, But that's exactly it. Like sometimes like you get so good at predicting kind of like what people are going to ask that you don't, you kind of almost forget what that human actually is kind of going through and what, what they're seeing from their perspective. And I would imagine that you, and I'm, I'm learning as I get finer with my old age, I, <laughs> one of the things I'm working on is to let the room breathe. And what I mean by that is my ex-wife would tell me, you know, you have a very, you have a person that fills up the room. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it gets a little uh, suffocating. Stuffy. It gets a little <laughs> stuffy in here. Yeah. <laughs> That that Facebook post that you put today is so perfect because it's okay. <laughs> the, yeah, it's everything. And and so you have to ask yourself, have we given the coaching client, the guest, have we given the, the you know what, to be honest with you, the person that we're trying to buy said asset from, have we given yeah. them the freedom and the space to speak on what's actually affecting them? Or are we trying to solve a problem that we don't know the answer to? Exactly. That we don't have that we don't know the information for. Yeah. Yeah, it's dude, it's amazing. So if people want to find out more about your women's group and everything that they could do, how would they do that? Um, easiest way to find me is to go to Facebook and look up Lady Landlords. Watch out. She's simple there. She's like a Mack truck. She's gonna she's yeah. gonna take over the world. I can't wait to hang out with her in the Dominican Republic. So hell yeah. Never been there. Come on, so down. Oh, it is. Ex- oh, it's so nice. It's I'm, so nice. I'm just letting you know. You see this guy? Vacation uh-huh. Austin is totally different. You're like <laughs> Like you're gonna be like I don't. Here's the deal, chef, trained chef, uh-huh. and master bartender. So I got you. We're good. And okay. your husband. So we'll have a we'll have. Fun. I know. I, I was gonna say we can have a great little like you know pina colada. You know what? And here's the thing: the the the, the 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 girls, the women, they don't do anything. They don't lift a finger. They just sit back and enjoy the sun. That's what we do. Hi, sir. Okay. So you t- you shoot me some dates. You would like to come down here? Okay. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. I'm assuming you'll get my husband on board with that policy. Um, yes, but yeah, yes. B- bring your girlfriend 100%. on. Come on, come on down. No, anytime you guys want. Seriously, that'd be great. I love it. Well, guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it to your friends and we really appreciate you for listening. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.